Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All things covered, listeners and viewers, this is a very, very important special show well every show we provide for you guys is important and is special but of course this week is the nfl draft happening this thursday in las vegas nevada some people believe it's the biggest i guess when you look at the nfl calendar and the offseason this is probably the biggest event that fans look forward to because you get an opportunity to hope and pray that your favorite team they add pieces to the puzzle to make them more competitive, and to ultimately get close to reaching a Super Bowl. So Viking Nation, we support you guys. You guys do a great job in, number one, listening to our podcast, number two, watching us on YouTube, and also giving us you know, some sound feedback on what the team should do, what they shouldn't do. So this is the show for you guys. And because of how important this show is, we felt like we need to get an important guest someone who's tied to the organization, someone who knows the organization from top to bottom, someone who religiously is always trying to figure out what is next for the Minnesota Vikings. No other than Matthew Collar is joining us here. Brian McFadden, Patrick Peterson, all things covered. He is a reporter covering the Vikings at the Purple Insider. If you're not reading the Purple Insider, the newsletter, or listening to the Purple Insider pod, you're missing out. And if you're a Viking fan, it's imperative that you give them a listen because Matthew and the gang, they're doing a tremendous job. So Matt, first and foremost, how you doing? And thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Although I was hoping Patrick Peterson would be here so I could steal some of his quotes and use them for articles. But I guess, unfortunately, I won't get his hot takes on this. But uh, no, I'm good, man. I mean, draft season, it just goes on too long. So I feel like I've been ready for this draft pretty much since like what? The end of the Masters? Once the Masters is over, we should just draft. We shouldn't drag this on because then it just gives too much room for bad takes, I guess. (laughs) But Matthew, I think based on that, being said, the buildup makes it such a big event because now you get a chance to do your mock drafts or read other people's mock drafts, hear what people are saying about your favorite organization. So just the buildup and the anticipation leads to this event being so huge for the NFL world. And primarily speaking for the Minnesota Vikings, let's get to the Minnesota Vikings, Matthew. Uh, the, with the 12th pick, you know, it has been a huge focus this offseason. Uh, with a few days left before the draft kicks off, what's your best guess on how the team might approach the selection at 12? Yeah, I think that there is some wisdom in crowds. And when you look at all of the mock drafters, most of them have the Vikings taking a cornerback, specifically Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU, which I know would make your co-host very pleased to have another LSU player uh, in Minnesota. There seems to be a lot of connections there. But uh, at the same time, Derek Stingley, who hasn't really played a lot since 2019, went to his pro day and destroyed it and looked like he was in great shape and looked like his Liz Frank injury 
injury was recovered. He was quick. And, you know, with the talent that he put on display as a freshman at LSU, that might catch the eye of teams that are ahead of the Vikings, because I think that there's been more focus in recent years on positional value and which positions drive success. And I'm sure a defensive back like yourself would appreciate that cornerback has really risen toward the top of that positional value chart. And if you can get someone like Derek Stingley Jr., who can play the role of what Xavier Rhodes was for a few years for the Vikings, that true shutdown corner, there aren't many of those guys in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey is the one that comes to mind. Uh, Denzel Ward just got paid. They get paid a lot when you have one of those guys because there are not many of them. So I think that Derek Stingley Jr. makes the most sense if he falls to number 12. If he doesn't, that's where things get really interesting, man. I mean, there's so many different ways they can go. I think that there's a good case with a new offensive head coach for a wide receiver. I think that there's a really deep edge rusher class that you could potentially trade back. And then there's always that quarterback conversation, which I could tell you we've been having a lot. It's supposedly not a great quarterback draft, but if the top quarterback on the board is still there at 12, considering the age of Kirk Cousins, I mean, would you try to look toward the future there? But also this team wants to be competitive and compete for a Super Bowl this year. So there becomes a lot at play if Derek Stingley Jr. is not there on the board when the Vikings pick. You know, Matthew, it's interesting that, uh, that you mentioned the wide receiver position because I haven't really heard that position being tied to the Minnesota Vikings. It is a very – in the first round, to say the least, in the first round. It is a very, very deep wide receiver class. How realistic, let's say hypothetically speaking, Stingley is off the board, Sauce is off the board. How realistic is it for the Vikings to maybe think about going the wide receiver route in the first round? I think it is realistic because I know that there are still needs on this defense, though they filled a few of them with bringing in Zedarius Smith, uh, Harrison Phillips, Jordan Hicks. So they've brought in veteran players to fill these spots right away on the defensive side. And then it, it appears that Cam Bynum is going to get his chance in the secondary as well. So they feel fairly set there outside of maybe adding another cornerback who can be there for the future. But the wide receiver position, I mean, first, you're bringing in a head coach who comes from Los Angeles, and he's kind of downplayed this, but they use 11 personnel 90% of the time. That yes. means three wide receivers. And right now, I think KJ Osborne showed that he can play in the league and he can be effective, but someone like Jamison Williams can be a complete game changer. And he's coming off an ACL injury, which may drop him just far enough to be available where the Vikings are. And if you're picking for help you right now, that's always risky in the NFL. Unless you're picking one of those top five guys, usually players need development no matter what. But Jamison Williams has that burst that has had people comparing him to Tyreek Hill, which I know is like the best player in the league when it comes to that, you know, speed. But when you watch him play at Alabama, there is just jetpack on this guy. And I, I don't know how you turn that down. And then there's this other element to it of receivers are all of a sudden becoming very expensive human beings. And like, I'm not saying Justin Jefferson's going to leave or anything like that. I think that you, as an organization, you want him to be the guy for a very, very long time. But we've even seen elite receivers just get too expensive for their teams, including Tyreek Hill. So I think you always want to have that next guy. And also Adam Thielen, if he's watching, if he's listening, I'm sorry for this man, but you're in your 30s. And when you get to that point, we start to talk about who's going to be the next man up. And if Jefferson is their long-term 
top elite wide receiver. Having that second guy, I think is proven to be very, very valuable in the NFL. It's been very, very valuable here in Minnesota. I think there is a really great case for Jamison Williams, but you mentioned it's a deep wide receiver draft. So if the Jamison Williams is gone, then you're talking about, you know, Chris Olave. There's also some low key guys like uh, Traylon Burks or um, Sky Moore is a really in- intriguing prospect. that could be kind of a slot guy. So they don't have to take a receiver with the first round pick. It would kind of be the luxury pick, but yep. I really like the idea, man. And you know, this from being a defensive back, how tough is it when that team has three guys that you have to worry about? That's the thing. And that's the luxury that the Vikings have to their, you know, argument for their argument if they decide to go with Jamison because he won't be healthy by the start of the season. But you still have KJ, you still have Adam, you still have Justin. So you still have three experienced wide receivers that has chemistry with Kirk Cousins. So it's not like we need Jamison right now. But think about this, Viking Nation. If you're able to get Hypothetically speaking, Jamison Williams at 12. I believe if he was healthy, he wouldn't go outside the top five. That's the type of talent he is. You mentioned he he runs with a jet pack on his back. That's legit. That's real. So now eventually, towards the end of 2022, he makes his appearance. And you can slowly bring him into, slowly get him caught up to speed. But eventually in the long term, Justin Jefferson is a, all pro player, right? And Adam Thielen, I know you're saying he's in his 30s, but he's still a guy that can do a lot of damage, especially in the slot. And adding depth to that position is something that many people love to do. Not to mention your new head coach came from the Rams who they just kept adding wide receivers, kept adding wide receivers, and he's an offensive-minded guy. So, man, that would make a lot of sense if you if you're not able to get the the DBs that we believe they potentially could target at 12 if they're not available. So that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. And I know you mentioned earlier, you mentioned maybe a quarterback, right? Is there a guy that you think if is available, if the Vikings were to go that route? So this is a two part question for you, Matthew, what's the percentage that the Minnesota Vikings may target a quarterback at 12? And if that was to happen, is there a guy that you think the organization, they kind of like inside more than others? Yeah, I, I think that the percentage is low um, because the way that they've set up their timeline with Kirk Cousins contract extension and his no trade clause, uh, it becomes a little difficult to draft a quarterback and potentially have to sit that guy for two years. Um, you, then you're wasting that all valuable rookie quarterback contract. However, what this draft has is the ultimate project quarterback in Malik Willis. And what's really hard to figure out is how much the league actually values Malik Willis. Like there's probably five teams that you could make an argument for before the Vikings pick, Hey, you should go with a quarterback here. Teams like even Detroit should look down the road at their quarterback position. Uh, the giants, if they're not sold on Daniel Jones, they have two picks there. And how about Washington right before the Vikings. I mean, that team does not have a long-term quarterback uh, solution unless they think Carson Wentz is really that guy. But if the league is saying in, in front of the Vikings and we're not really sure, or we need these other things, I think it's very hard to pass up someone with those raw tools. I mean, Malik Willis was one of the best runners in college football. I think I saw a PFF stat that he led the, the entire nation and broke tackles or something yeah. as a quarterback. I mean, it's just crazy what he could do with his legs, which I think we see more and more of these toolsy quarterbacks 
turning out a couple of years into their careers, like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, those are things that, uh, sorry to use this cliche, but you can't develop, you can't teach someone how to have that arm and that skill. Beyond that, though, I don't think there's a good argument for the Vikings to take a quarterback. And that's why I put it at a low percentage, at least at number 12. Now, where it might get interesting is if someone like Sam Howell, who is the youngest quarterback out of the five that are projected to be in the first or early second and had a really, really good 2020 with a better supporting cast, also threw the hardest football at the NFL Combine. So he's got arm talent. That becomes kind of intriguing to me. The idea of would you trade back into the end of the first, like the Ravens once did for Lamar Jackson or the Vikings once did for Teddy Bridgewater. If you were looking for a future guy who has some raw tools, but also needs time to develop. I still think that it's kind of a long shot, especially since so many teams are looking forward to that 2023 quarterback draft, where if they don't extend cousins again, then you're talking about maybe having to draft a quarterback at that point. You talked about maybe trading back into the first round. Do you see any scenarios for the Vikings to trade out of 12? Mm, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because if Derek Stingley is taken earlier, which it it does feel like he's going to because of the recent draft buzz, there's just so many options there for the Vikings. We talked about wide receiver, but also edge rushers too. I mean, this is a very good edge rushing class. And even if you have Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kayvon Thibodeau taken at the top, the next layer down of guys is pretty good. I mean, George Karlaftis is is a guy from Purdue who put up good numbers, good numbers at the combine, just Mm -hmm. hasn't had a whole lot of buzz. So it seems like he could drop into that 20 to 30 range. And if you're the Vikings, yeah, you have Daniel Hunter, you have Zadarius Smith, I mean, one thing is those guys, as far as long-term five years out, it's very hard to say where they'll be in their careers at that point with the injuries, but also, you know, where Kwesi Adafo Mensa comes from San Francisco, initially, their theory seemed to be always one more pass rusher is a good idea. Yes. And I tend to agree with that, man. I mean, the more people that you can have rotating in, how many players in the league are playing a thousand snaps anymore? It's usually 650 to 850 snaps for these guys. They're rotating in. They're being used in lots of different ways. We know Zadarius Smith can even line up as a linebacker and rush uh, over the guard or the center if he wants to. I mean, the more versatility you can have and the more guys who can get after the passer, I think that is the one answer to stopping elite quarterbacks always has been, always will be if you can get in their face. And also to understand and know who you're chasing in your division, 12 and Rodgers. So the more guys you can get that can be impactful against Aaron Rodgers, the better you will be. And we have to wait and see. There's so many different things tied. I would love to get your inside list, right, of potential names that you see, realistically speaking, have an opportunity to be selected 12 by the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, we already hit on Stingley Jr. potential, potentially Jamison Williams. But are there any other names that, you know, you feel like this could be a match made in heaven if he is available at 12 for the Vikings? Yeah, the really interesting one for me named to bring up is Kyle Hamilton, because he's had such a weird draft season where at the start of draft season, we were all talking about, hey, Kyle Hamilton, top three pick. Somebody is changing their franchise with this versatile hybrid safety who can play in the box, play deep. And then all of a sudden he doesn't run the fastest 40 and he is being talked about as dropping. And sometimes with all this time between the end of the season, we see teams overthink it. And if someone like Kyle Hamilton were to drop to number 12, as much as uh, you you have to like what uh, Cam Bynum did last year in his limited sample size, 
Harrison Smith, another guy, sorry if you're listening, buddy, in, in the 30s. And his contract only takes him so much longer as a Viking. If you have those players, though, Harrison Smith in his prime still playing really well, and then Kyle Hamilton paired together, two Notre Dame guys. I mean, that could be something that we haven't seen a whole lot in the NFL is two safeties of that caliber playing together. Um, and, and that could be incredibly dangerous if that was the Vikings defense for the next couple of years. And then Hamilton goes on in the long term to be a franchise player. That's how you would project it out. So I think if he drops just because of just because of that one thing, just because of that 40 or what some scout says he ran at his pro day. Uh, that would be hard to pass up for the Vikings. And I'll give you the kind of super under the radar. We haven't really talked about a lot. It's not in the mocks, but Nicobe Dean is really interesting to me. And I know Vikings fans are going way, way, a linebacker, but also one of the best blitzing and pass rushing linebackers in college football out of Georgia. That sort of catches my eye with the Ed Donatel defense that we were yeah. talking about. One more pass rusher is always great. Well, one more linebacker is always great for you know a guy like Ed Donatel whose base is in that three four. So you know, I think that there are so many different ways we can go, which has made this draft season a really interesting discussion for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm right there with you. I think you know the more rushers you can add is always a plus. And who knows how things could work out? Like you said, maybe they may, might need to trade back up in the first round if there's another ideal guy that's high on their board that's available. You know, for such a long time, Rick Spielman was in charge of the picks. But now there's a new re- re- regime in charge uh, with Quasey making his appearance in his first draft for the Minnesota Vikings. How uh, do you have any sense of how Quasey will approach this draft in 2022? Yeah, I think that when you look at one thing that I've noticed about talking to Quasi Adafo Mensa is that any analytical study that I've seen, he's seen, right? Like we see a lot of great work being done by the PFFs and the football outsiders and the 538s of the world, these analytical people who are spending their whole lives deep diving into the statistics. And, you know, not everything is perfect or not every you know, statistic that suggests A will result in B or whatever, but there are things that can point you toward how to hack the draft, which is mostly random, but give you slightly better odds than everybody else. And something that's really interesting is Quasey came from Cleveland and all the studies of how Andrew Barry in Cleveland drafted was younger players, the youngest of anybody else in the NFL. And the other thing is great athletes and, and not just like, okay, or good. Like everyone likes good athletes, but by the numbers, great athletes, like analyzing the positions that correlate to success and the, and the, and the, uh, the combine scores that correlate to success at different spots. Like those are things that, you know, Kwesi Adafo Mensa is going to do. So on draft day, it might be subtle. You know, we might see like, oh, they drafted every guy is 21 years old or 20 years old. And hey, look, their athletic scores at the combine were really good. But as you do this year after year, you have better odds. And and I know that there are many, many outliers. Darius Leonard had a terrible combine, uh, Orlando Brown. So there are players who turn out to be good who didn't have good combines. But if everything is a game of blackjack and it's all about the odds, uh, I, I could see Kwesi Adafo Mensa using a more like odds based approach to the combine than Rick Spielman, who had been a scout for his entire life. So he was always going to uh, evaluate his own scouting reports, maybe over what the odds were of a particular prospect succeeding. And I think that that could help the Vikings in the long run, just ha- have better drafts and especially 
find guys in the fourth through the seventh round. I saw an ESPN story where they ranked the Vikings 23rd in the value they've gotten since 2012 out of the late rounds. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just got to improve. I mean, you know this, you just have to have those guys who you take in the fifth, take in the sixth, and then they develop into very uh, uh, good players for your team. Uh, just because, you know, you look at how much the stars are going to make those guys who are drafted later, having them develop is very valuable. No question. And speaking of, you know, late round picks, what could the day two plan look like for the Minnesota Vikings when you look at having picks 46 in the second round and 77 in the in the third round? Yeah, that's really interesting because they go from 77 and don't pick again till I think 156. Mm-hmm. So part of the plan needs to be to get some more picks. And especially where this year is very interesting is a lot of guys didn't come out in the draft because they use their extra year of eligibility, which means that I think that those third and fourth rounds that were so weak last year in the draft are about to be very strong, that there's just yeah. more good football players in the middle rounds. So I think if they could stack some more draft capital there, that's important. And really the second round pick depends a lot on the first round pick because mm-hmm. If they take, say, Derek Stingley and they come out with their ideal first rounder, will you go into the second saying, all right, still pass rushers are always good, but maybe there's a a Sky Moore or a Traylon Burks as a wide receiver in the second round. So it's kind of fluid when it comes to that. And once you get back past the second round, it's not usually impact players. So then I think you're looking for just take the best prospect you can find and then try to develop that that player into the best version of himself. I mean, that really has to be your goal. Uh, But I do think that trading back in the second, even trading back in the third to pick up a fourth or a fifth or something like that um, is probably the right approach. Yeah. So in all in all, when you look at the offseason moves so far for, for the Minnesota Vikings, how would you grade the Viking the Vikings offseason up until this point? Yeah, I think that what's interesting about the Vikings offseason is we had very different expectations for it. Uh, when you change everybody, when you change the GM, when you change the coach, I think the natural thought is, OK, that there's a lot more that's going to be different. And so what they're betting on is by bringing back a lot of the same players, including Patrick Peterson and keeping Adam Thielen, keeping Kirk Cousins, is that Kevin O'Connell and good luck or better luck than last year are going to combine for a much more competitive season, not to mention what's going on in the NFC, which is all the quarterbacks have gone to the AFC Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that, and that has to be a factor as well into this team wanting to be competitive this year, where I get a little bit nervous about this is the way that they have uh, had to work the salary cap. And, you know, I'm sure that some of your listeners would say salary caps for nerds, it doesn't exist and so forth, but we've really seen it impact what this team can do in the past. And so kicking money down the road with void years and restructures, it makes it a little more difficult and less flexibility in the future. So how would I grade it? I would probably at this moment and in hindsight is going to be everything At this moment, I would probably just give it a C because Mm -hmm. a C is dead on average and they haven't really changed much to make it more than average. And, uh, you know, that they could ultimately be justified and Kevin O'Connell's offense could get more out of the weapons that they have. And some of the players on defense could be better and, and all those things. But. I think that a lot of fans and and even, you know, the reporters like myself went into this offseason saying, okay, you should try to get your cap right though. And you should try to set yourself up for the future to where you can be the big spender. And now in 2023, they probably won't be. So they really have to win this year um, to yeah. justify everything that they did. And so as of right now, 
Vegas has them as like a nine win team. It has to be better than that to justify. So of course we're always being patient, but we're always also in the NFL asked to call it first before it happens. Just like guess who they're going to pick right now. uh, I feel like they've put themselves in a position to really lean on a better culture and a better offense um, to drive where they're going. Uh, One last question before I let you go, Matthew Collar, our insider for the Purple Insider, do a great job in covering the Minnesota Vikings. You talked about Kevin O'Connell, his offense. There's a player that he should be, you know, very familiar with that's available potentially in the great Debo Samuel. Do you see Kwesi maybe thinking about since the draft is in Vegas, rolling the dice and maybe trying to pull off a draft day trade for Debo Samuel? You know, I thought you were going to say Odell Beckham, who I think is uh, still a free agent, right? And that would be something. But, uh, you know, the Debo Samuel thing is uh, kind of crazy, right? Like it just came out of nowhere that Debo Samuel would want out of San Francisco and every team has to be making that phone call to figure out what the price is. If you are the Vikings and you can pair Debo Samuel with Justin Jefferson, if there's any possible way in this universe to do that, you should try to do that. How they would do that, I don't know. I mean, because not only do you have to factor in, like you have the 12th overall pick, that's got to be traded. I mean, considering what Tyreek Hill went for, that's what San Francisco is going to be looking for. So are you going to have to give up a next year's first, a next year's second two, and then you're hurting yourself long-term with a guy who already kind of has a lot of mileage as a young player and has been banged up as a young player as well, as explosive and incredible as he is. I think it would be a super exciting move for the fans and it would Mm -hmm. be unstoppable on offense, but it's tough to figure out like what's the package that they would have to give. And also San Francisco competes with you in the NFC. Do they want you to have their amazing player? Exactly. And and Tyreek Hill went for one first, right? He didn't go for two first. It was a, what, a first? It was a first, a, a second, year, second, a yeah. fifth. Yeah. So far, so when you look at the wide receivers that have been moved, Adams from Green Bay to the Raiders, Tyreek Hill from Kansas City to Miami, only one first rounder has been included in those moves. So clearly San Francisco trying to get multiple first round picks won't happen. That's not the going mark. A market for elite like wide receivers because Devontae Adams is, is an elite guy. He's the number one guy, and Tyreek Hill is in that conversation as well. You know, so if you're Minnesota, you got to surrender to 12, hands down. But if you look at the package that Miami gave to Kansas City, and oh, by the way, I felt like Miami got away with high robbery based on what they gave up. If you're San Francisco, I don't think you should believe you can get the same thing for Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is a different player. Debo Samuel had a phenomenal year last year, but Tyreek Hill has done it more. And he has the element of speed. So if if you're San Francisco, you might try to get like four picks, but only one would be a first rounder. Yeah, I mean, you might be right. I guess if I'm San Francisco, my price is even higher because Debo Samuel is younger. And if you sign him to an extension now, you can have still a couple of years of him being very reasonable cost-wise where Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, like they're immediately two of the most expensive. And also like Kansas City and Green Bay kind of had to do it where Devontae Adams wasn't going to sign a contract with them uh, what, what are you going to really do there? Are you going to franchise tag him? Or are you like, how are you going to deal with this? And the same thing with Tyreek Hill, Kansas city, they're having Mahomes' contract shoot up through the roof for how much he's getting yeah, paid. But, but, but remember Matthew Tyreek was still in the contract. 
Right, right. He so, was. Yeah, yeah, he was. So let me ask you this question. Would you, if you're Quasey, would you give up a one and a two for Debo? Mm. I mean, like pairing him with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I probably would. I mean, as they deal with the cap implications later, you're talking about a completely special player who's a game changer to go along with one of the most unstoppable receivers in the NFL. And yeah, Alvin mean, Cook and Adam Thielen. You would, you would, you just have to do it. If that's, if that is what it is, then you have to do it and you can figure out how to pay everybody later. But I mean, I really think that receivers are driving the success in the NFL. And then imagine this, let's say Kirk, a couple of years down the road, he's in his mid thirties, he retires or he moves on. And then you draft another quarterback and you say, Hey, rookie quarterback, guess who you get Debo Samuel and Justin Jefferson. I think you'll be fine. Wow. Viking fans that are tuning in, checking us out, please hit us in our comments. Would you trade your one and your two this year for Debo Samuel? The great Matthew Caller has spoken. He said, no doubt he would. So in a few days, we will actually see exactly what will happen. We try to give you guys uh, great insight on what we believe will happen coming from Matthew Collar. Like I said, man, reporter covering the Vikings at Purple Insider. Uh, Purple Insider Pod is an outstanding pod covering the Minnesota Vikings. Great sound football talk involving the aforementioned Matthew Collar. Thank you for joining us here. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden, getting us geared and fired up for the draft, which will be happening in Las Vegas this Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff. I know it's not a football game, but let's keep it real. It's going to be kicking off. So make sure you have a good seat. Where are you watching the draft at, Matthew? I will be uh, inside the uh, inside the bunker for the Vikings. TCO Performance Center will be covering it from out there. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So we can't wait to follow you on social media. If you give have any insights, please feel free to let us all know what you're thinking potentially could happen with the Minnesota Vikings. And like I said, there's a lot to really expect if it's going to be a defensive player. Offense, could it be a wide receiver? Could it be Jamison Williams? Or could it be a trade involving Debo Samuel? Ha, I love it. Christmas in April. April, what better time to be alive? Thank you, Matthew. Yep, an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.